Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. God speaks out of His Word. He does speak through believers, He does speak through the gifts, He speaks in in many ways, in a dream, in a vision. But his primary way is speaking through his word. Meet Jesus in the scriptures. If you stay in the scriptures and the scriptures stay in you, you're going to know the Lord in a deep and intimate way. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet How does God speak to us? Are we attentive when the Holy Spirit speaks to us? In today's study, Pastor Ed will teach us that God speaks out of His Word, through other believers, and in many other ways. But the most powerful way God speaks to us is through His Word. We need to stay in the Word so that we can hear from God and know His voice. If we are in His Word, we will know Him in a deep and intimate way. We will then be prepared to hear His voice and to follow what He asks us to do. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, Breakthroughs, Part 2. Building in faith. Sometimes we're so aware of our inadequacies because the devil reminds us. It's his adequacy that we depend on. It's his abilities. Now, look at this conversation inspired by the Holy Spirit. One of those divine moments, moments that all of us have had at times. The text talks about this conversation inspired by by God. Um, God often speaks to us through other people. Have you had that experience? Everybody here had that experience? You know, you meet somebody and it's a casual meeting. They don't know you. You don't know them. But they don't even know what they're saying is God's word for your heart. Haven't you had that experience? You know, they're not conscious of what they're saying is an answer to a prayer that you've prayed. But but you hear the voice of God in the conversation and you know that you know that you know that, that God is speaking to you. God arranges those type of things. Look at the encounter with a believer. Verses 27 to 32, but I just highlighted some portions of it. Uh, I'll refer to it all, but he started out on his way. He met an Ethiopian eunuch. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near to it. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. We need to pray for God's timing in our lives. There are times you feel burden for people. And you want to say something. And God says, no, it's not that time to say anything. Not everything that comes into your mind, you need to say. (laughs) Not every emotion that you feel should you act on. You got to know the timing. There's a, according to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there's a time for everything. So there is a time. 
and, and recognizing that God is preparing you and he's preparing the other person. So to be in step with the Spirit, keep in step with the Holy Spirit, that's how Galatians puts it. God's often working on both ends of the equation. What in the world happened in Jerusalem? Let me ask you. Now the Ethiopian eunuch was in Jerusalem and he was going there to worship God. Were there any Christians yet? Yeah. The apostles were there. Peter was there. John's a very spiritual man, you know. He gets the book of Revelation at the end uh, of the New Testament. Uh, James is the whole, I mean, they're having revival. Why didn't God just take one of those guys and say, see that guy over in the quarter of the Gentiles worshiping there? And, and you go speak to him. I don't know. I don't know. Perhaps he may have not received it at that moment. Perhaps some of the apostles felt a little bit intimidated and really they hadn't reached out to Gentiles yet, you know. Perhaps there was some racial prejudice there. I, I don't know the reason. All I know is that he's in Jerusalem, he's worshiping, he leaves Jerusalem and he's on a desolate road. Nobody else is on that. That, that road is not commonly traveled. Uh, it's near old Gaza where there's broken down ruins even at that particular time. Perhaps God just wanted to get this person alone with Philip. I mean, you've experienced it. You're talking to someone about the Lord. Right then, when you're at a critical moment, their cell phone rings. <laughs> right at that moment, an interruption comes. Well, 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 God, he took care of all of that. And it was at the right moment, at the right time, in the right atmosphere, that they're talking and dialoguing. And God's going to get a hold of this man's heart. I just want you to think of two things. One, recognize, first of all, there are times that God wants to speak to you. I've had those times where I know what someone is saying. God's putting it together for me. He's showing me. He's giving me an insight or a direction. It's happened. I can't tell you how many times. There are times, too, that God wants you to be a voice in someone else's life where they need to hear direction. Look at the encounter, not only with a believer that he has, but the encounter with the word. And let me capitalize that, bold that, underline that. Verse 27 to 35, and I'm, again, I'm just going over, taking out certain phrases from this. The Ethiopian eunuch was reading the book of Isaiah. Then Philip began with the very passage of Scripture. Notice Philip, this is the first time in the book of Acts that we have the servant chapter, Isaiah chapter 53, identified with Jesus. 
We know it was part of the Christian tradition. And I'm sure that Jesus on the Emmaus Road, as he expounded the scripture to the two men who had been disheartened, went through the prophets and stopped and camped on Isaiah 53. But this is the first time in scripture, in the New Testament, in the history of the church, where the early church is looking back on Isaiah chapter 53 and relating it to Jesus. And here he begins to expound the scripture. Know the scripture that you could explain to someone. Meet them right where they're at. Meet them right where their questions might be. God speaks out of his word. He does speak through believers. He does speak through the gifts. He speaks in in many ways, in a dream, in a vision, but his primary way is speaking through his word. Meet Jesus in the scriptures. If you stay in the scriptures and the scriptures stay in you, you're gonna know the Lord in a deep and intimate way. You're gonna be prepared to hear his voice and to serve him and to walk with him. Don't neglect um, the book. Have that early time with the Lord or that late evening hour with the Lord. Now, sometimes people make the assumption that they could read the scripture and simply understand it. It doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes we need somebody to explain it to us. Sometimes we need somebody to expound it to us. And God had prepared Philip to do that for the Ethiopian eunuch. That moment, he gets a teaching on the scripture and he's opening the scripture to him. Uh, Just looking at that passage once again. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this about himself or about someone else? And Philip opened his mouth and beginning with the scriptures, he told him the good news about Jesus. He, he led him to Jesus in the scriptures. And I tell you again, I'll, I said it last week, I'll say it this week again. You have to bring people to Jesus through the word. The word is just not a good self-help book. You can't take redemption out of the gospel message. There there has to be a cross. There has to be the blood of Christ. The gospel, the good news of Jesus, if we took so much of what modern preaching is about, I don't think the early church would have identified Jesus with it. It's merely a cultural norm or pop psychology stuffed into the terminology of the Bible as they empty out the meaning of scripture. No, no, here they're talking and they're pointing to Jesus. I like what A.W. Tozer said. You can be perfectly free to go to your Bible with the assurance that you will find Jesus everywhere in its pages. The scripture was meant to lead us to God. It's not an end in itself. It's a means to an end, to lead us into a relationship with the Lord. And it's that knowledge of God and that encounter with God that leads to change. We don't change the message. The message changes us. And that's what happened. This man's gonna be powerfully, eternally changed 
Watch his decision to serve God. Salvation happens. He makes a decision to serve God and he is going to receive Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. Verse 36 or 38, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water. The eunuch said, look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? Now, how did he know that he should be baptized? I think that what happened was Philip carried some of the preaching of Peter. Peter said on the day of Pentecost, repent and believe and be baptized. There was a decision with their faith. There was a commitment with their faith. And this Ethiopian eunuch, as he's going on that road, he's met God in the scriptures. He's believing and he recognizes because Philip probably has talked to him already about being baptized. And he goes down and he's baptized. He's taking that step. He, there's this humility about this man. There's this transformation that takes place. In most of your Bibles unless you have a King James or New King James, verse 37 is excluded because it's not found in the best and earliest manuscripts. They feel that it's a scribal insertion. But verse 37 does at least contain a history of what the church believed. Where Philip says, if you really believe, if you really believe, you can be baptized. The idea was, it wasn't to be a superficial faith. It was to be a belief with the whole heart, with our mind, with our soul, with our being. And at that moment, he believes and he's baptized. Now, something very strange happens. I mean, this blows some of our theology out of the water at this moment. Picture the scene with me. I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Ethiopian eunuch. Philip, where are you? He disappears. He's translated 20 miles away. Look at verse 40. He's translated. Now, stop, pause, let's think together. Go back to Samaria. There in Samaria, do you remember Simon? Simon is following Philip everywhere, looking at the signs and the wonders, and he's amazed. Simon doesn't turn out so good. (laughs) He has real problems. I mean, he has to get a rebuke from Jerusalem because his heart isn't right. And yet he sees Philip, he's with Philip, he's in the church. Here's this Ethiopian eunuch. Where's the discipleship program going on? Stop, pause, think about what I'm going to say. I hear Christians sometimes say, no one reaches out to me. Where is everyone? That Ethiopian eunuch could have said, Lord, who's reaching out to me now? He was to keep his eyes on who? Jesus. He was to look at who? Jesus. He was alone. He was by himself. He was in the wilderness. He was him and his Bible. There are seasons in your life that God puts you in a place where it has to be you and God. 
Now, there are other seasons where God brings people around you, yes, and we believe in the community of faith. We believe in the community of the church. But there are times that you have to mature in Christ and encourage yourself in the Lord. Remember David? David was encouraged by Jonathan, but there was a time when Jonathan wasn't there, and the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. You can't be a perpetual baby. If you're a perpetual baby, you will die spiritually. You've got to grow up at some point. You've got to grow up and know how to feed yourself and live the Christian life and be responsible. Some people want to put the responsibility for their growth or for their sin on other people. Hello? Anybody hear what I'm saying? Oh, I'm not serving the Lord because... No, 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 no. The Ethiopian eunuch could have had a... God, you, you, you took away Philip. You said... Now, let me ask you a question. As I thought about these passages of Scripture, I was thinking about this. I said, well, God, you could have all of a sudden taken Philip and placed him and translated him from Samaria right to the side of the Ethiopian eunuch's chariot. Why did he have to go through all the angel telling him to go down here, go to this desert and run all of the... You know, God tests us. God's looking to guide and obey us. And with every obedience comes a greater measure of faith, a greater measure of God's spirit in our life, and even greater blessings. And here we see this man. I want to read a quote to you because we're going to go back a little. I didn't read the quote. I'd like to read it now. A longer quote. From the very beginning of Christianity, there were black believers. A Greek-speaking Semitic Jew led a black African eunuch to Christ. In one of the first evangelistic encounters recorded in Christian history, giving a foretaste of the mixed composition of the new people of God that will fill the kingdom of Christ. The very first Gentile conversion that we have recorded in the book of Acts I'm sorry, Gino. It wasn't the Italian band, Cornelius' house. It was a black African. The very, very beginning. You know, had our forefathers, had they read and understood the context and the heart of God, so much misunderstanding in the would not have happened throughout history. There were those who preached from the Bible that slavery should be enforced, that uh, black people were under the curse of God. Had they studied the scripture, had they understood the context, had they not come with their presuppositions and their cultural norms and read into Scripture something that wasn't there, um, history might have been different for very, very many people. Well, God, right in his word, and I'm thankful that Simon of Cyrene, who carried the cross for Jesus, most scholars believe, 
that he was also a black man. As I bring the message to a, to a close, I want to talk about a book called The Tipping Point. And he has a title in there, The Power of Thinking Without Thinking. And he talked about um, orchestras and he talked about symphonies, how at one time there were very few women who uh, were involved. And uh, let me just read to you uh, from this book. It's a look at the choices made in an instant aren't simply as they seem. Uh, Gadwell shows the classic music world realized that their system for auditing new musicians for a place in a symphony was corrupt. So they decided to put a person behind a curtain and they would just listen to them. And they would evaluate their music without looking at their face, without looking at them personally. It says, though they believed their first impressions of listening to someone's play and instrument were unbiased, they were quickly disproved once screens were erected between the judges and the individuals who were being audited. In the past 30 years, he was talking in the book, with the screens in place, the number of women in the top U.S. orchestra has increased fivefold. Julia Landesman was uh, being tested, screened, and she was uh, auditioning for a role of the prince, uh, principal French horn. And as she played, she played beautifully. And at the end, she kept the C note a long time. And she could hear the laughter behind the curtain. She knew how she had played the pieces so well. And she knew she had won the audition and they were going to accept her. And when they pulled the curtain aside and the judges saw her, they were really surprised because she had played as a substitute for years and they didn't recognize her ability, but because she was a woman, they didn't think a woman could play the French horn like that. Sometimes we look at people's outward appearance. Maybe they're uneducated or they're educated. Maybe they're more cerebral or less cerebral. Maybe they're unkept or maybe they're older or they're younger maybe they're not handsome or maybe they have some problem and we judge the book by its cover the Ethiopian eunuch could not worship in the inner courts at all because by Jewish law a eunuch could not worship he was excluded he was yes a God fearer but he was on the outside Philip, in his witness to this Ethiopian union and by his baptism of this Ethiopian union, was saying he was fully accepted into the body of Christ. He was fully accepted. There are no outsiders in God's family. We're all insiders 
when we come to the foot of the cross and receive Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from this series with Pastor Edward Jones. We want to encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for Worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Your Word Restore